When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 86 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Willie Fennell was an Australian radio, television, film, and stage actor and comedian who was popular for his roles in several TV shows and known for his pork pie hat. He's probably best known for his long-running roles in The Young Doctors and Sons and Daughters on Australian TV. However, he gained a lot of popularity as well for his role as Dexter Dutton on the Australian radio sitcom Life with Dexter, which ran from the late 50s to the mid-60s. And although over 500 episodes were made, only a handful remain to this day. Fennell wrote a series of books later that collected the scripts from the show. He died in 1992, age 72. Now sit back and enjoy the episodes One Hat a Year and The Detective Novel from Life with Dexter. Springbok Radio presents Life with Dexter. Yes, it's the family show for all the family. It's Life with Dexter and the start of the show, Dexter Dutton. extravagant woman and she only buys one new hat a year. However, every time she tries to get the money from Dexter for this new hat, it's like trying to get blood out of the proverbial stone. Let me tell you about a certain recent weekend, and my story begins on the Saturday morning at the breakfast table. Jesse, I've said no a dozen times, and I'll say it a hundred more times. No. Who ever heard of paying seven guineas for a hat? Seven guineas isn't much when a woman only buys one hat a year. Well, I only buy one about every four years, and they cost me a, a fraction of seven guineas. Yes, dear, but over the years, prices have inflated about as much as your head. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's, a, that's a horrible thing to say, Mum. <laughs> Daddy, you must realize that a hat from Emile's exclusive shop can cost up to 40 guineas. Janie, I wouldn't pay 40 guineas for the exclusive shot with Emile thrown in. Dexter, I'm not after 40 guineas, only seven. And it's for a beautiful model. Well, Jesse, I'd willingly pay seven guineas for a beautiful model, but not for a hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean a model hat. 
And don't make stupid jokes like that in front of the children. All right, I'm sorry. Let's just drop the subject, shall we? I have no intention of dropping the subject until you agree to let me have the money. Oh, well, it's going to be a long-winded, one-sided, useless conversation. Look, look, dear, please, ask me for a reasonable amount for a hat and I, I might just think it over. I remember buying you a little hat just after we were married and it cost... Twenty-five shillings. Yes, dear. That was the same year eggs were one and nine a dozen. You mean they're over two shillings today? Oh, Daddy. Eggs are in the vicinity of six shillings a dozen. Six, six shillings? Oh, Pop, we ought to move to another vicinity. <laughs> that little egg you're eating right now, Dexter, is worth almost sixpence halfpenny. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That is unbelievable. You you mean the shops get sixpence halfpenny for this, and yet the, the poor little fowl does all the hard work for a, a handful of corn? So you see, Daddy, Mummy's request isn't at all preposterous. Sixpence halfpenny for six mouthfuls of yellow and white goo? That's right, Dexter. And everything else has proportionately risen in price. Oh, so a good hat is not dear at seven guineas. Oh, yes, it is. And don't you try to baffle me with statistics. <laughs> Don't you try to baffle me with science. <laughs> I bought a fishing cap a few weeks ago and it was four and eleven. Oh, dear, dear. And you'd like to see me going to the ladies' club and to town wearing a sheep little sailcloth fishing cap? Oh, no, I wouldn't. But no hat should cost more than twice the price of a fishing cap. And twice four and eleven is... Uh, twice is... Uh, under ten shillings. Dexter, don't you dare leave the table yet I haven't finished arguing Jesse, if I have to wait for you to finish I'll have to bring my bed to the table I'm off to the village to buy some pipe tobacco Tell me, dear, is pipe tobacco still sixpence an ounce? I'll see you later, kids uh, Wait a minute, before you leave the house, I'd, uh, I'd like you to polish the kitchen floor. Jessie, I am tired after a hard week's work. So am I tired after a hard week's work. My back's troubling me. So is my back troubling me. I've got a headache. So have I got a headache. I'm starting to get old. <laughs> Mummy, that was cruel. Yeah, but Mum, it was one up against your duck house. <laughs> Dexter, Dexter, before you go, just, just one second. Oh, I'm on my way, dear. What is it? Would you agree to tossing a coin to see whether you give me seven guineas or not? Oh, oh, Jessie, look, I've tried tossing with you again and again for nearly 20 years, but I always lose. Oh, but Daddy, you might win this time. Yeah, sure, Pop. If you've lost a few hundred times, the odds are with you now to have a win. Oh... And what is the bet to be, Jesse? Well, let's put it this way. Heads, you stop arguing about giving me seven guineas, and tails, you don't argue any more about giving it to me. Uh, now, wait, wait a minute. Let me get this. Heads, I stop arguing about it. Tails, I don't... Just up the penny, Mummy, and get it over Never with. Never mind getting it over with. I, I'm a bit confused, and I've got to work it out. Uh, Jesse, are you sure you don't always use a double-headed penny? Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh, Mum, if Dad thinks maybe you do, why not make it tails? Dad stops arguing about giving you the money, and hence he doesn't argue anymore. 
No, 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 I won't be in it. No, I've just fathomed it out. I'm awake up, Jesse. I can clearly see the cheatery now. Next to what cheatery? You've probably got a double-headed penny and a double-tail penny. Dexter walking down the street muttering to himself as if he was crooked on someone. Oh, he's uh, crooked on me. Oh. I just had words with him. Words? Mm. Words are no good where a man's concerned, love. <laughs> what you want to use as a good swift uppercut? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moody, did my husband uh, speak to you when you passed him? No, he walked on like he was just passing a bus stop. Of course, he could have mistook me for the back of a 915. Well, Daddy's mad with Mummy because she wants to buy him a meal hat for seven guineas. Oh, Jesse, the one you got your heart set on. He's going to buy you that. When Pop says no to Mum, he means it. When Steve says no to me, he means he's like a black eye. Jesse, you can stop worrying, love. Little Morty's here. I'll think of a way to get seven guineas out of old mothball pocket. Let's see. Listen, when's the last time he gave you money for a new app? Oh, um, about this time last year. Mm. But I was lucky then. I asked for five pounds the same night Dexter bought himself a fishing reel. Well, there's the answer to your problem. Huh? It's sticking out like the nose on my face. <laughs> what? Well, what's the answer, Mrs. Gallagher? Oh, I reckon Mrs. Gallagher means Mum's got to wait till Dad buys a new fishing reel. No, love, no, nothing of the kind. Go away for a minute. Jesse, love. All you've got to do is make sure your old man buys himself something, anything, so as long as it's worth around seven pounds, see? Oh, yeah. And you know it's about as hard to get a man to spend dough on himself as it is to get him to stay in bed for breakfast. Morty, you're a wizard. That's me, Morty Merlin Gallagher. Any questions? <laughs> oh, Mrs. Gallagher, what can we make Pop think he needs that's worth at least seven guineas? Well, uh... How about a new set of golf clubs? They cost about a tenner, don't they? Oh, oh. and the rest. Eh? A new full set of clubs is worth about, oh, 80 pounds. Yeah, even more with a good bag. Why, that low-down, lying, no-good Steve. Oh, I'll throttle him when I get him home. <laughs> well, Moody, what's wrong? What's wrong? Hmm. He bought himself a brand-new full set of Mannings last year and told me that was a tenner. Oh, when I get home, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick him on a golf tee and whack him across the room with his own driver. That's what I'm going to do. A driver. A driver, that's it. One club, one golf club. One golf club, say, like a driver, cost about seven pounds. Mum, we've got to convince Pop he needs a new golf club. Oh, that shouldn't be difficult. No, it shouldn't. And your father's driver is a very old, dilapidated club. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The old wizard brain's working again. <laughs> Listen, Jesse, love. Dexter and Steve are playing golf together on Sunday morning, aren't they? That's tomorrow. Oh, well, Morty, Dexter's not. I told him he couldn't go. 
Yeah, I told Steve the same thing. <laughs> but we've changed our minds. We're going to become extra good-hearted, you and me. Mm -hmm. Steve and Dexter will play together tomorrow, and Dexter's driver's going to be smacking the ball crooked in all directions. After driving a crazy ball off the tee for every shot, your old man will be easy talked into the fact he needs a new wood club, see? Morty, how do you fix a golf club to make sure the ball goes crooked? <laughs> the club's got nothing to do with it. It's the ball. I've got a trick ball at home what's been made out of balance on purpose. It's called a googly golf ball. <laughs> We'll return you to Life with Dexter in just a moment. Uh, Morty, love? Yes, gruesome. You've been visiting Jesse for the last hour, eh? That's right, that's right, and I've got some talk. Oh, gee, sugar plum, I missed you. Well, I've only been out... You? What? I said I've missed you. I mean, uh... With Snail not home and you out of the house, well, I've been that lonely. Morty, on Saturdays when, when I'm at home, I like to have your smiling face around like. Have you been guzzling my cooking, Sherry? <laughs> oh, love, I haven't touched a drop. Is it so unusual for me to mention missing your lovely smiling pan, her face? <laughs> More than unusual, brother, it's unheard of. Do you mean the same lovely smiling face what last night you compared to King Kong? Oh, now, Morty, I only made that remark in my heated anger after you said I couldn't play golf tomorrow. When I married you, you had a face like a film star, and you've still got a face like a film star. Donald Duck or Pluto? <laughs> I mean, Bridget Bardo. I mean, what's Bardo got that you haven't? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Only a lot less mileage on a speedo. <laughs> now look here, Gallagher. Whatever you're softening me up for, you're wasting your time. There'll be no poker game for you at Riley's tonight, and that's final. Oh, Morty, what a thing to say. Such a thought never entered me head. A lot of things enter your head, and by golly, there's plenty of room for them to rattle about in it, too. <laughs> Well, if it ain't poker, I bet it's golf. You're going to start harping again about wanting to play golf with Dexter tomorrow, aren't you? And just eh? what's wrong with a bloke having a game with his mate on Sunday? I've been slaving away all week from Monday to Friday, earning a living for me family. And on the weekends, I cop this. You can go to golf tomorrow. And when I ask a simple little favour about me recreation, the answer I get is, you can go to golf tomorrow. It's enough to make a mat. Hey, what? <laughs> you can go to golf tomorrow. No, thanks, I don't play, but you can. <laughs> there is just one small favour you can do for me in return. Uh-uh-uh-uh, here it comes. Have I got to paint the old house before I go or build a swimming pool? Oh, the comic again. No, nothing half so difficult. Jesse and me want you to make sure Dexter don't hit one straight golf ball off the tee with his driver tomorrow. Hey, Listen... I've got a googly golf ball some mug gave me once for a joke. When you smack it, it goes everywhere but where it should go, see? Now, tomorrow, you're going to see the Dexter hits the googly from the tee at every hole and convince him it's his driver giving all the trouble. And you've got to talk Dex into buying a new driver, see? 
I'm only love you. Sure, you and Jess ain't been swigging the cooking sherry. Nah. The truth of the matter is, Jessie wants Dexter to give her a seven guinea for a, for a new act, and the only way she'll get it is if Dexter wants to spend about the same amount on himself. Oh, suffering Nellie. How can two women put their heads together and turn a kitchen into a snake pit? <laughs> Morty, I will not do it. I will not bring in any googly ball and spoil a pal's relaxation and enjoyment. I don't do it. Then you don't go near that golf course tomorrow. I don't care. I'll forego me sport rather than forego me friendship with bird brain. Oh, how touching. <laughs> Listen, Steve. What set of clubs what you bought yourself last year? How much did you tell me they cost? Uh, a tenner. A tenner the lot. Uh, bag and all. A tenner, eh? Oh, how funny. <laughs> I heard they should have cost about eight times that. Uh, I, uh, I think they was, uh, yeah, they was second hand. Oh, no, you'll have to do better than that. The bag was brand new and each club was still wrapped in plastic paper. Oh. Oh, I, I remember now. I, I got a mail sale. And since when has old sale price been 800% less than retail? Gulliger, <laughs> when you said you paid a tenner for the set, you gave me a tenner to buy a new dress, remember? Now, I'd like you to fork out enough for a fur coat. I'll check at the sports store where you bought them, uh, uh, Morty? Yes, dear? Bring out your googly golf ball. <laughs> oh, well, I think it's about time we all went to bed. Uh... What time are you going tomorrow, dear? Well, I... Going? Go, going where? Uh, to golf. Aren't you playing with Steve in the morning? Well, I... 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 I, I thought you said last night I, I couldn't go. Oh, I don't remember saying that. Dexter, uh, I forgot what you said to me this morning when I asked about that new hat from Emile's. Oh... So that's why everybody's being so pleasant and obliging tonight. Jessie, I am not paying out seven guineas to have any game of golf. Oh, dear. Oh, no, you've got it entirely wrong. Have I? You can play tomorrow without any strings attached. If I'm not getting the hat, I'm not getting it. That's, that's all I want to know. Yeah, well, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. Now Mummy knows. <laughs> yep. Now she knows. That's right. Now she knows. <laughs> Jessie, dear, look, if you wanted seven guineas for something sensible and necessary, you'd be sure to get it. I wouldn't mind. But not for a little bit of frippery, which is a luxury. I mean, who ever heard of anyone paying seven guineas for something that won't even keep the rain off your head? Well, one thing, Dexter. The next time you spend money on something for yourself, which is a luxury... May I please have the same amount of money? Well, yes, yes, certainly. I'll, I'll put it straight into your lily white hands. But you'll be wasting a long time. I mean, you'll be waiting a long time because when I spend money, it's only for something sensible, practical and absolutely essential. Now, let's all go to bed. Yes, dear. Yes, Daddy. Dad? Yeah? Wasn't it funny the time you came home from the auction sale with that stuffed hippopotamus head, huh? To bed. To bed.
Right, Abdex? It all. You've got the first honour. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. That's funny. What? There's only one ball here in my bag, and I had several. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, uh, what do you know, eh? Uh, someone must have swiped the others. Yeah, I can't understand. Oh, I don't know. All right. Here we go. Stand back and watch a champ drive straight down the first fairway. Go to it, son. Put the pressure on me. Right. Ah. Oh, what happened to that? Well, uh, you hit the ball like an old duck, mate. It trickled into that long grass ten yards to the right. Yeah, but I smacked a screamer. It should have gone 250. Well, it went nearly 250 inches. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, just wait till I built this one of mine, and I'll help you find yours. Here we go. <laughs> there, yeah. there. Look, look at that. Look, look, look. There's your 250-yarder. That's not bad for a mug. <laughs> well, come on, I'll play an iron out of the long grass, and I'll still beat you to the hole. All right, just follow me. I know exactly where your ball is. Can you see it? Yeah, I've got it. All right, all right. There's no need to touch it. Leave my ball alone. I'm <coughs> just checking. Yes, that's your ball. All right. I'll smack it right to the middle of the fairway with my faithful little eight iron. Ah. Hey, is this the same ball I used off the tee? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure it is. Uh, a white repaint with no markings on it, too. Yeah, I saw it land in this exact spot. Go on, mate. Give it a bash. Yeah, all right. Ah. Ah. Oh, a little beauty. beauty. Yeah, dead in the middle of the fairway. Look at it. Yeah. You know, Dex, uh, your iron club sure worked better for you than that dilapidated old driver. There is nothing wrong with my dilapidated old driver. It's years since I've hit a mad shot like that one with it. It it still puzzles me, that shot. I, I swung at the ball perfectly off the tee, and yet it seemed to go all... All googly? Yeah, googly. <laughs> Oh, Steve, let's sit on this seat for a while before we tackle the next hole. I'm, 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 I'm disgusted with my play. Oh, yeah, oh, well, there's nothing to be disgusted about with your iron shots and your putting, Dix. You, you just haven't whacked a decent ball off the tee. It, it's unbelievable to me that all my iron shots have gone as straight as a gun barrel, and yet every drive went only a few yards to the right or over to the left. And how about the one that landed behind me? <laughs> yeah, Dickie boy, I keep telling you, you need a new driver. Wait, that old thing you've got must have been used when they opened St. Andrews. <laughs> now, listen, mate. For seven quid, I can get you a wood that'll stroke a pill 300 yards with no effort. Seven quid. Seven guineas. Where have I had... Oh, no. No. No, Steve. No, huh? no. This is one time I can't spend seven quid pounds or guineas on myself. What? No. Jessie's after a new seven-guinea hat. And she'll demand the money if I buy a new golf club. No. <coughs> oh, uh, oh, well, uh, but, but look, Dex, if your golf is going to suffer, you'll have to do something about it. I mean, even if you're up for 14 smackers altogether, it's better than duffing drives all the time. Yeah, well, maybe, but I can't afford it. You see, Dickie boy, watching you drive off the tee is more like watching a chook lay an egg. <laughs> Guess where Pop's just gone? Mummy, your new hat is as good as on your head. Oh? A sure thing, Mum. Pop dumped his golf bag on the front veranda and told us to tell you he was ducking down to see Fred Wheatley. And Fred Wheatley is the golf pro who makes the new golf club. Oh. And guess what Dad took with him? 
He's all wooden driver. Oh, then it worked. Steve and the googly ball must have done a third job. You and Jesse Love can Steve and me come. Oh, come in, Maudie. Oh, and Steve, I must congratulate you. Dexter's on his way now to see Fred Wheatley about a new golf club. <laughs> I know, love. I saw him going. Am I a good salesman or am I a good salesman? Oh, stop skiting, Steve. <laughs> you only put this over on Dexter on account of it was going to cost you the price of a fur coat if you didn't. Morty, I did it to help Jess. Well, the main thing is, Mr. Gallagher, you did a mighty job. A massive job, Mr. Gallagher. <laughs> ah, no trouble at all for me, kids. I can sell any idea to anyone, merely by selling myself. How could you sell yourself when I've had you up for sale for years? <laughs> shush, shush, shush. Quiet, everyone. I can hear Dex coming down the side passage. Now, listen, Jesse. We mustn't let him think we're waiting for him to fork out the seven guineas. Oh, hi, Pop. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gallagher are here. Hi, Dickie boy. Hello, Dexter. Oh, hi, Morty. Uh, Steve. Steve, I've just had a long discussion about golf clubs, etc., with Fred Wheatley. Yeah? Good boy. I'm glad you took me advice. Oh, Dexter, dear, isn't Fred Wheatley a golf professional? Yes, that's right, Jesse, and he deals in new golf equipment. Oh. Uh, tell me, Dexter, did you tell Fred about this morning's round, and uh, did he sell you something to improve your game? Oh, the answer's yes to both questions. Uh, Jesse, dear, uh, here's the seven I owe you because I spent seven on myself. Oh, darling, thank you. I... Dexter, this is seven shillings. Don't I get seven guineas? Oh, no, dear. A new golf ball only costs seven shillings. We invite you to join us again next week at the same time for another installment of Fun and Frolic with Life with Dexter. Savings Bank of Australia, the bank for all the family, takes pledge in presenting the show for all the family, Life with Dexter. If money can buy it, saving will get it, so bank or just a rainy day. Be sure to save the friendly Commonwealth way. So listen to this advice and start right today to bank. Commonwealth save. Commonwealth bank. Commonwealth now. I once told you about the time Dexter tried to write a romantic novel and all the strife it caused. But I must tell you about something that happened much more recently when our hero made up his mind to write a mystery detective novel. 
It all started one morning at breakfast. Ashley, please pass the toast. Right, catch. Oh, Ashley, don't do that again. Did you tell your father breakfast is ready? Oh, I told him twice, but he hardly answered me. He's in his study writing something. Oh. Well, whatever he's writing must be a matter of life and death if Dad didn't hear the word breakfast. Well, children, between you and me, I believe it is a matter of life and death. I think your father's writing a murder story. What? A murder story? Who's murder? Anyone we know? Well, your father's trying to prove that he can write a better mystery novel than James Carlyle. Oh, Mummy. Suffer and slither and Nellie. <laughs> what in the world gave Daddy the idea he can write? Well, he does have a fountain pen. Gee, mystery novel. I thought only geniuses wrote stuff like that. Could it be possible Daddy's a genius? <clears throat> please pass over the milk. <clears throat> and please pass over that last question. Well, gee, Mum, what gave Dad the writing bug? Oh, it was a, a book he finished reading last night, The Case of the Cast Iron Coffin. Oh, I wondered where that book got to. I'm halfway through it myself. Are you, Janie? Well, just wait till you see my book when it's finished. How much have you written already? Well, I haven't started the actual story yet. At the moment, I'm still doing the plotting. An author doesn't commence the first chapter till he first sets down his plot. Well, would you please set down yours and have your breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, now, let's see what I've written. Uh, As the wind howled dismally outside, Mark took the note from his pocket and read it again. Tonight you die, Mallory. On the stroke of ten, I'm taking your life as you took Mary Trent's life when you were crown prosecutor. She was innocent, and tonight the guilty one dies. Mark put the crumpled note back in his pocket as the clock began the first stroke of ten. One... Two, three, four, five, six. Mark was sorry now. He hadn't phoned the police. Seven, eight, nine. Oh, good gracious, Dexter. Yeah, I... I didn't mean to startle you like that. I thought Jesse'd be here in the kitchen. Yeah, well, uh, Jesse's upstairs. I'm only here because it's the warmest room in the house. Oh, I see. And uh, how's your book coming along? Oh, just just fine. I, I've started on the third chapter where Mark Mallory's about to die. Good. Jesse let me read the first chapter this morning, and I thought it was all right. All right. Thanks for being so enthusiastic. Tell me one thing. Does Mallory get bumped off exactly 12 months to the minute from the time of Mary Trent's conviction? Uh, yeah, that... That's right. How, how did you know? Oh, it's the usual thing. The usual thing? <laughs> Katie, you're not inferring I'm writing an idea that's been done before. Dexter, it's been done a thousand times before. But you can always give it a new twist. Now, how does Mallory get bumped off? Oh, he gets killed in a fantastic, diabolical way. A way that no one's ever thought of before. I suppose you think he gets hit by a, an ordinary bullet through the window. Oh, no. I'd think more likely a poison dart from a hole in the wall. Yeah, but... You've been looking at my notes. No, I haven't. I just read a lot of books. It might interest you to know that the poison dart doesn't come from a hole in the wall at all. It doesn't? No, it comes from a hole in the ceiling. 
In the ceiling? Yeah. Oh, well, now that is a brand new twist. I remember lots of books with a hole in the wall and a couple with holes in the floor and one with a hole in the wardrobe. But, Dexter, you're absolutely unique with a hole in the ceiling. Well, excuse me now. I'll duck up and see Jessie. I'd like to put a hole in her head. <laughs> Another one. Well, Dexter was certainly on the right track preparing his material before he set out to write his book. And from my experience, I'd say that the people who prepare well and look ahead are those who get ahead. And invariably, you'll find that the people who get ahead are also people who save. Look around you and you'll see people everywhere who owe their happiness and position in life to the way they've saved in the Commonwealth Savings Bank. The people who own their own homes are people who save for them. The people who enjoy the best holidays are those who make weekly visits to the Commonwealth Savings Bank. And the people whose children enjoy a good education and a good start in life are those who regulate their spending and save steadily. So if you want the good things of life for yourself and your family, start saving now in the Commonwealth Savings Bank. And from now on, week by week, Bank Commonwealth. Daddy might write a book which would be published. Published? No, dear. Oh, gee, Mum, you never know. Maybe at some time or other, Dad saved a publisher from drowning. You know, some people do find their calling very late in life. Well, somehow I don't think Edgar Wallace is calling your father. Uh, neither do I. A while ago, I was permitted to read the third chapter. Ashley, why didn't you bring it out here so we could all Now, wait a... on, Janie. Let's hear what Ashley thinks. What Ashley thinks, Mother dear, is that the whole book... I can't say the word, but it rhymes with thinks. Oh, well, that'll be enough. <laughs> you know, it's possible we could be all wrong about it. Yes, we can't go by deaf adder's judgment. Daddy's book might be completely over his head. Listen, Compost, if it's completely over my head, you wouldn't reach it with an extension letter. <laughs> there, I'll get it. Morning, Jonathan. Isn't it a glorious Saturday morning? Yes, it's the sort of day when I envy Kimberly and Clara sailing the seven seas. Uh, tell me, is Dexter home? He's not only home, Mr. Wilmot. He's Holmes, Sherlock. Sherlock Holmes? What's he detecting? Oh, didn't Katie tell you? He's writing a detective story. A mystery novel. You know, one of those soft cover books. Yes, the man must have a soft cover on his skull. Dexter, writing a detective novel. He says it's a detective novel to end all detective novels. That I would believe. Where is the great author? In his study? Yes, but speak very quietly when you go in, Mr. Wilmot. Dad gets terribly absorbed in his own situation. Oh, well, speak quietly, eh? I'll rattle him out of his situation. Hi there! Oh, hi. Oh, I thought I'd been stabbed in the back. Why did you, you... You gave me a scare. Well, it's just as well you're not writing Dracula's daughter. You'd have died of heart failure. <laughs> yeah, so they told you I'm writing a book. It's a mystery called The Case of the Disappearing. Uh, case of the Disappearing what? Well, nothing, just The Case of the Disappearing. <laughs> there must be a disappearing something. Well, of course there is, but I, I just don't tell the readers. I keep it a mystery. I can keep my book a mystery if I like, can't I? 
As far as I'm concerned, you can just keep your book. Ah, uh, you won't say that, J.G., after you've read some of it. Huh? Here, just read this page. Look at that. Uh-huh. You like it, huh? Like it? Dexter, what are you writing for? The schoolboy's own annual? Just what do you mean by that? It's an adult mystery novel, and it's better than anything I've read lately. Yes, what have you been reading lately? Chuckler's Corner. <laughs> Look, Dexter, don't you realize that no good detective novel has ever been written unless the author has had some experience with crime? Yeah, well, I... Well, what do you want me to do, rob a bank? No, 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 not at all. You should try to do some research in criminology if you want to write about it. Tell me, have you had any association with crime? Well, once when I was nine, I poked my tongue out at a policeman. You didn't. Yeah, I did. But I can't see myself writing a bestseller called The Case of the Naughty Tongue. Lester, when I said you need crime experience, I didn't mean you have to be an ex-convict. The best experience a crime author can get is to try detecting a crime. Oh, yeah. Well, seeing I haven't got one to detect, I'll have to write this story in my own way. Now, if you'll excuse me for a few minutes, I'll finish this chapter and then join you in the living room. Okay, I can take a hint. I know when I'm not wanted. I'll go and talk to the sane side of the family. Well, how's Dad going in there, Mr. Wilmot? Going? I think he's gone. <laughs> Look, Ashley, uh, come over here. Mm -hmm. I believe I've got an idea. How would you like to give your father a chance to do some real detecting? Oh, I don't get it. How do you mean? Well, I told Dexter he needs some first-hand detective experience, and he said he's got nothing to detect. Uh-huh. So, what's wrong with you and your Uncle Jonathan committing a ghastly crime in this house tonight and giving the super sleuth an opportunity to solve the mystery? Uh, you mean we, we, we could maybe... <laughs> 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 Mom, before Dad comes out, say yes, you'll let Mr. Wilmot do it. Jesse, don't you dare agree to it. I think Jonathan's off his rocker. Katie, why don't you keep your snoopy nose out of this? Oh. I'm not trying to harm Dexter, I'm trying to help him. Mummy, I can't see any harm in it. It might be fun. But Jonathan, what crime do you intend committing? He's not committing any crime, and that's that. Oh, dry up. Look, Jesse, I have no intention of slitting Dexter's throat from ear to ear. From where to where? From ear to ear! All I was thinking of was a simple little burglary. I could sneak in through Ashley's bedroom window tonight and steal something valuable. Mm, you'd have a job finding anything valuable. Jonathan, will you kindly drop the whole I'll subject? drop you in a minute. Oh, my dear, sweet, uncouth husbands. Now, actually, Jonathan... I don't suppose there would be any harm in a simple little burglary. But what could you pretend to steal? Or well, lay off my tadpole collection. Or how about Daddy's new fishing rod? If that was stolen, he'd certainly want to do some detecting. Oh, sure! Why, why Dad'd have a fit if that was stolen. You're all forgetting one important thing. Dexter will surely phone the police. Oh, no, he won't. Not after we tell him this is his chance to do some real detecting. We'll play on his ego. Every man has ego. Yes, but some have more E than go. 
beginning to think this little plot might be entertaining. Uh, Mr. Wilmot, what time tonight will you be making your uh, little visit through my window? Uh, if I don't know the exact time, I might get scared out of my wits. No, you've only got half of them to be scared out of. <laughs> yes, well, uh, supposing we make it 11 o'clock, right on the dot. I'll sneak in quietly and make as little noise as possible. Don't worry about waking Dexter. If Dexter hears any strange noise, he always pretends to be asleep, even if he isn't. Ashley, I'll use the ladder, and you make sure you leave your window unlatched. Okay. I hope the ladder's got one broken rung, and it's close to the top. <laughs> Shh! Here comes Daddy. Oh, hi, everybody. Oh. Uh, I was sorry to be rude, J.G., but I, I didn't have to... I just had to finish my fifth chapter. <laughs> and uh, how's the masterpiece coming along, Dexter? Oh, really superbly, Katie. And by the way, in case you're interested, I've rewritten a chapter. I changed that idea of the poison dart from the hole in the ceiling. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That routine was a trifle hackneyed. And what's the murder weapon now? I'm not telling anybody. You'll all be able to read the book for yourselves later on. But I might say that I've established that... Well, I, I think I can tell you this. I've established that Mark Mallory plays the piano at 10 o'clock every night when he's home. Dexter, don't tell me someone's coated the piano keyboard with a special poison which penetrates the skin, causing certain death. You got x-ray eyes or something? <laughs> Now, now, Miss Barton, don't start worrying that pretty little head of yours. I've wangled a 24-hour stay of execution, and in that time I'm going to prove you innocent. They don't call me Bulldog Dutton for nothing. I'll have the guilty party behind bars before morning. Now listen, Mike, and listen good. Where were you between 11.30 and midnight on the night of March 21st? Okay, so you want to talk, huh? You know what that means, don't you? It means I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to have to ask Mabel. <laughs> Okay, Mabel, okay, I'm wise to you, doll. You're saying you was with Mike just to give him an alibi, but let me tell you, he ain't worth it, kid. Maybe you don't know it, but that guy's been seeing a lot of Molly Gorgonheimer. Well, Mike, you might as well know, I got a lab report on the hunk of clay from your right shoe, and it matches the clay outside the mulligan's window. Miss Barton, I guess you can go home now where you'll find the seats much more comfortable than the electric chair, baby. I'll be seeing you, kid, but right now i got to get back to 66 Sunshine Strip. Is that you, Mr. Wilmot? Yes, open the window. I'm doing a freeze out here. All right. Give me a hand inside. I'm not as young as I used to be. Come on, Mr. Wilmot. 
What's the top half of you in anyway? Yes, but it's a lot narrower than the other half. Ease me in gently, son. Carefully, carefully. I'm sorry you seem to come through in a lump. I'll have a butte bump on my face. Hey, there is an awful lump on my face. Oh, it's all right. It's my nose. <laughs> well, now, tell me, where, where do I find your old man's fishing rod? Dad always keeps it in the downstairs hall cupboard, but I brought it here to make it easy for you. That's it over there. Oh, good show. Now, I think perhaps I should leave a, a few clues around to show that I came through this room. Dexter will be keener to start detecting, you see, if he finds clues. Um... What about dropping a handkerchief on the floor? Good idea. And I leave some kind of a mysterious note. Hey, that's a mighty idea. Uh, Hey, hey, say, why don't you sign it the Scorpion, like that real burglar does? You mean the one who's been committing all those unsolved robberies in the district? Mm Mm-hmm, the Scorpion. If Dad starts trying to catch the real genuine Scorpion, he'll get some wonderful ideas for his book. (laughs) Ashley, you're a young genius. (laughs) This is going to be even more fun than we thought. Yes, I'll scribble a note and I'll leave it on your dressing table. I'll just say, uh, the Scorpion strikes again. (laughs) Although J.G. doesn't know it yet, That slip of paper he leaves on Ashley's dressing table is going to have quite an effect on J.G. And that reminds me that a slip of paper you receive in the near future could have a lasting effect on you. And the slip of paper I'm referring to is your taxation refund check. If you open a Commonwealth Savings Bank account with that check or pay it into an existing account and add to it week by week, you will be really doing yourself a good turn. Your check together with your other savings in the Commonwealth Savings Bank, can, at some future date, provide you with something you've always wanted. If you don't know how to endorse your taxation refund check, take it into any Commonwealth Savings Bank office. The friendly staff there will be only too happy to show you what to do. It takes only a minute or so to open an account, and even less time than that to make a deposit. So I do urge you, open a Commonwealth Savings Bank account this payday, And from then on, week by week, thank Commonwealth. Here's your father coming down to breakfast now. Now get ready to go into the big act. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Daddy. (coughs) Uh, Dad, uh, would... Dad, did you play a funny joke on me last night? But my mum and Janie say they don't know anything about it. About what? Well, this note I found on my dressing table. Why, you must have written it as a gag, huh? What's that? The scorpion strikes again? Well, that's not my handwriting. You can see for yourself. Mum, you don't... You don't think it could be for real? Well, I I don't know. Why couldn't it be for real? What? Ashley said he half closed his window before he went to bed. And this morning, it was wide open. Oh, wait a minute. What's all this about? Who wrote the note? Well, Dad, if you didn't, none of us did. It must be from the real scorpion, the one who's been robbing everyone in Asheville. You... 
Are you trying to say we had a burglar in here last night? Well, it seems that way, but Ashley said, well, that nothing's missing from his room, and I've checked everything of value here downstairs. Jesse, it's some kind of a joke. Why would the scorpion choose a house like this to rob? Mummy, are you sure you checked everything downstairs? Oh, certainly. I checked the kitchen, the living room, the study, the whole cupboard. No, I didn't check the whole cupboard. Well, there's nothing in the whole cupboard except a lot of junk and my new feet. Fish. <laughs> my new fishing. Well, there's no harm in checking. It won't hurt. Oh, oh boy, let the fun commence. I bet Dad rewrites his whole novel after this and calls it The Case of the Curious Scorpion. It's gone. Yes, it's gone. It's gone. The thieving robber, my beautiful new fishing rod. We, we've been burgled. Dad, it's the scorpion. The scorpion strikes again. I'll strike him if I catch him. <laughs> I tell you, when he struck at this house, he made the biggest mistake of his life. Daddy, you, you don't mean you're going to do the detective work in this case yourself? Me do the... Well, of course I don't mean that. This is a job for the police. Well, it and I... certainly is, Dad. Jane is just romancing. She thinks because you're writing a detective novel, you ought to be able to detect. <laughs> oh, that's that silly. <laughs> Dad's no detective. Yes, call the police right away, Dad. Yeah, well, I... I uh, well, now, now, wait a minute. I... You know, th- th- this could be just fate. If I could find some clues and bring the scorpion to justice, I'd... Well, I'd be able to write a book which might sell millions of copies. It's a challenge to me. That's what this is. I can see my book on the stands now. There on the front, Dexter Dutton. And right underneath Dexter Dutton, The Scorpion's Tail... Well, son, we found a handkerchief inside. Let's see what clues we can find out here in the garden. Uh, the ladder against the wall. That's a good clue for a start. Yeah. And wait a minute. My powers of deduction are operating in full force. Does that ladder tell you anything special? No, I guess I'm not much of a detective. What does it tell you, Dad? It tells me that the scorpion is not an energetic man. He used the ladder instead of the drain pipe. Well, that's terrific, Dad. That means we can eliminate all men who enjoy climbing up drain pipes. Yeah, exactly. And look, footprints in the garden bed. We can find out approximately what size shoes the scorpion wore. Yeah. Elementary, my dear Ashley. I know that my own shoe is size seven, so I take it off. So, and compare it with a footprint. Oh, good on you, Dad. Okay, how does it compare? Perfectly. I'm afraid these are my footprints. father is he still poo hunting we went for a walk about an hour ago said he wanted to be alone to do some careful thinking well, i thought daddy would wake up to mr wilmot's gag ages ago well i think when he comes home we should tell him the truth Jessie, dear, may I come in? oh come in katie we're just talking about this little burglar joke i believe we should put dexter out of his misery of course you should and jonathan should be ashamed of what you did last night i'll go and ask mr wilmot does he mind if we tell dad well, he's not at home right now he went out to register the dog about half an hour ago. Oh, but here comes Dexter. Jesse! Oh, Jesse, where are you? Jesse, the most terrible thing happened. What? From now on, I won't trust my own mother. I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe what? I... Katie, you're here. Oh, what's what's the matter? Matter? 
I went for a walk to think things over, and finally I decided the only thing to do was go to the police station. Oh, I showed them the note signed by the Scorpion. Did you yeah, Sergeant Riley recognized the handwriting and then got an expert to prove beyond doubt whose it is. Oh, and whose is it? Wilmot. He registered the dog at the station and he's been arrested for 14 burglaries. Pardon me for rushing on like this, but Ash and I have been down to rescue J.G. from the clutches of the law. Thank goodness we managed to explain everything to the sergeant. You know, when J.G. wrote that note, he never dreamt what effect it would have on him personally. And after all, it is how things affect us personally that is really important. Take the Commonwealth Savings Bank, for instance. How does the fact that the Commonwealth Savings Bank is Australia's biggest bank affect you personally? Well, it affects you in two ways. In the spread of the service the Commonwealth Savings Bank offers you and in the quality of that service. As far as the spread of service is concerned, there are over 7,000 offices where you can use your account. And in addition, the Commonwealth Savings Bank has various types of services designed to meet your every need. As far as quality of service is concerned, Commonwealth Savings Bank service is as safe, speedy and efficient as that of any bank anywhere in the world. From this you can see, it does make a difference where you save. That's why five and a quarter million people week by week, bank, Commonwealth. If Ronnie can buy it, saving will get it, so bank, Commonwealth now. For a car or a bike, or just a rainy day, be sure to save the friendly Commonwealth way. So listen to this advice and stop right today to thank Commonwealth Bank, Commonwealth Bank, Commonwealth Now. Life with Dex is produced by Noel Judd and written by Willie Fennell. And this is John Dunn inviting you to enjoy Life with Dex at the same time next week from this station. And remember, you'll always enjoy life with a Commonwealth Savings Bank account. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.